Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and train pusher, Brendan Tuma. It's the Wednesday morning edition of The Kickoff, guys, which means it's time to talk some trade targets and rest-of-season rankings, risers, and fallers. But before we do, two things of note. Number one, remember, we are giving away a signed Stefan Diggs helmet. All you need to do to be entered is leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. That's it. If you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, by the way, youtube.com slash fantasypros, you get three times the entries. Why wouldn't you do that? Stefan Diggs, great content. Everything is wonderful. Also, guys, TickPick is drawing the first winner for their huge giveaway today. Hurry up. You know what to do. Go to TickPick.com slash pros, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. You know what I'm talking about, right? The crazy season ticket packages. You know, they've teamed up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider. They're giving away the five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. Again, I told you every month they're doing a drawing. They're doing it today. You still have time. Again, each package valued at $3,000. If you want to enter, just go to tickpick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. All right, before we talk about some trade targets and some risers and fallers, let's run through the giant news items from yesterday, of which there were none, but there are very minor things, such as Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network reporting that Colts and Marlon Mack have agreed to mutually seek a trade. Mack was a healthy scratch back in week three. Jordan Wilkins didn't even receive a touch. So this is, generally speaking, good news when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, but as you'll see, he's actually a faller in my rest of season rankings because I'm just not buying the Colts offense. Still, Mac not being there is definitely a boon to the running backs overall, even if still their total value is falling a bit because of what the Colts offense looks like. The Patriots worked out running backs following the James White injury that included Reichel Armstead, Dontrell Hilliard, Artavius Pierce, Edo Smith. None of these guys matter. And again, I have some specific thoughts on Damian Harris that I want you guys to tune into here because even though I've moved him down my rest of season rankings, I actually think he's a good buy low candidate. Finally, free agent cornerback Richard Sherman visited the Bucs. This doesn't really mean anything for fantasy purposes, but Richard Sherman is always newsworthy. All right, let's talk some trade targets and some rest of season risers and fallers. Now, I will say at the start that I did a longer show with this with Joe. On Tuesday on the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast, we went in depth on a lot of guys. So this is going to be very quick right here. But if you want more details, just check out that show. All right, let's talk about some rest of season risers in my rankings. And it starts with James Robinson, who moved up from 26 to 20th. Now, he had also moved up last week from, I think, 33rd to 26th. Now, even though he's moving up, and justifiably here, right, he saw 15 carries, 88 yards, and a score. He also caught all six of his targets for 46 yards last week against the Cardinals. Now, I actually think that he's a sell high even as he moves up in my running back rankings, because remember, the Jaguars here were actually ahead for a lot of the game. And, you know, he had eight touches in his first game, 14 in the second. He's more like a 15 touchback, not a 21 touchback. Remember, even here, Carlos Hyde still got eight carries and 58% of the snap. So I don't think we're anywhere close to going to Robinson as we saw last year. So look, RB20, that is somebody who you can start each and every week. It's not somebody who you absolutely love and try to target. And in fact, I think fantasy managers might value him a little more highly than that, in which case I would certainly sell. 
Another riser is Zach Moss, who moves from RB52 totally off the board to RB31. Remember, he was inactive in week one. Then he was active and got two garbage time touchdowns in week two. Now he's the lead running back in week three. Now, this is not set in stone. We know that already. I mean, Devin Singletary actually started on Sunday, but he dropped the pass in the opening drive, and then it was almost entirely Moss. And that could reverse itself very, very easily. But he did play on 57% of the snaps compared to Singletary's 42%. And it's not all Josh Allen here on the goal line yet this year. The running backs are finding the end zone. So there is risk. But again, at 52, he was entirely off my board. Right now, I'm looking at him as more like a long-term flex play. Another riser is Cordero Patterson, moving from RB47 to RB33. Again, he's eligible at both running back and wide receiver, so he could have been a riser at wide receiver. But for our purposes, let's talk about him at running back. Again, seven carries, 20 yards on the ground, but seven targets, six catches, 82 yards through the air. He was the Falcons' leading receiver against the Giants. Now, he's still second fiddle in the backfield to Mike Davis, but the offense just can't get anything going. They have to get created given his snaps and his targets. I mean, he's got 14 targets in the last two games. He's got 28 total opportunities. That is somebody who you just have to buy, even if it's just as kind of a low-end flex. Others moving up include Peyton Barber from 59 to 47. I can't ignore what we saw in this most recent game against the Dolphins. Again, we talked about him on the waiver wire show. Not somebody I'm really targeting, but if Josh Jacobs' injury lingers, then Barber is going to have some value. So again, moving him from totally off the board to mm, just kind of off the board. Naheem Hines also moves up from 38 to 32. Again, we talked about it with Marlon Mack. This is something where it goes from a three-man potential three-man backfield anyway to a two-man backfield. He played more snaps than Taylor in this most recent game, and I think he's going to be a little more heavily involved than I originally foresaw because I think the Colts are not really going to be able to put up points very often. I think they're going to be playing from behind, given their concerns about Wentz, given their concerns on the offensive line, and I think that favors Hines, given their lack of receiving depth. Finally, Giovanni Bernard goes from RB67 to RB50. Again, nothing to get too excited about, but Ronald Jones seems pretty useless. Bernard is the third down back, and he was pretty heavily involved here against the Rams. Again, he's dealing with a slight MCL sprain, so certainly not overly excited about him or anything, but he's quote-unquote on the board. Some falling running backs include Jonathan Taylor, who falls from RB7 to RB12. Now, to be fair, around here, it's just a lot of shifting. It's not any drastic changes when you're moving in that area. And he looked good, and Marlon Mack is gone. But again, the offensive line is really troubling. Pardon me. Quentin Nelson is going to be out a while. Eric Fisher is struggling. And, you know, Carson Wentz, kudos to him for gutting it out. But he's barely mobile right now. The whole offense is going to be bad with him or the backup quarterback. So. For me, I would just prefer to take some of these other backs in that range, somebody like a Joe Mixon or a Najee Harris or somebody like that. Another one moving down is Tyson Williams. From RB21 to RB34, I had totally bought into him as an RB2, and maybe this is an overreaction the other way. Again, I talked about him in the takeaway show yesterday, but the snaps, the RB opportunities, they're all pretty volatile right now in that offense. So he's not an RB2 for me, not a guy who I could start with any remote confidence. Instead, he's barely a flex. Finally, Damian Harris falls from RB18 to RB22. But again, as I alluded to earlier, I actually think he's a buy low. I mean, he falls to 22, fine. Like, he's going to have a bad game here against the Bucks, sure. And that's part of rest of season rankings. But the person rostering him is 
probably pretty upset and probably pretty nervous about what they're going to see from him going forward. Now, if you do want to buy low, as I do, you can wait a week because, again, the Patriots play the Bucks this coming week. That's not a matchup you want to start Harrison. But if you can afford to not start him, I would make the move for him now because the manager who is rostering him does not want to start him this week anyway. So his price should be super cheap. But after that, Houston, Dallas, Jets, Chargers, that's a nice schedule there for a running back. So it's the perfect spot to buy low on Harris, especially if you can afford to not start him this week. How about wide receiver risers? Uh, Cooper Cup, you know, first time we did this, he moved from wide receiver 21 to 13. Second time we did this, he moved from wide receiver 13 to wide receiver seven. And now he moves from wide receiver seven to wide receiver three. Nine catches, 96 yards, two more touchdowns against the Bucks. I'm not sure what there is to dislike. I mean, Sean McVay is scheming to get him open. Matthew Stafford looks excellent. Right now, I'm taking him over DeAndre Hopkins and Justin Jefferson in my mind. And if you can make that swap, I would. Another guy moving up again is Mike Williams, who had moved up to wide receiver 38, up to wide receiver 25. He now moves all the way up to wide receiver 16. Seven catches, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. The big difference here is not only that Williams is getting the targets, but he's not just this deep threat anymore. Like they used to just chuck the ball to him downfield, let him try to use his athleticism to come down with the ball. I mean, look at his A dot over the last four seasons, 14.8, 17.8, 14.5. This year, 9.3. Okay, that means he is being targeted shorter and in places where he can make receptions a lot easier. So I really think This is all legitimate what we're seeing. He's got a pace of 117 catches, 1,573 yards, and 21 touchdowns. I'll take the under on all of it, but still, at this point, he is a wide receiver too, and a strong one. Another guy moving up is Odell Beckham Jr. from wide receiver 39 to wide receiver 27. Obviously, he showed he was healthy. Good enough for me. Looked pretty good in this game, as far as I could tell. Five catches, 77 yards, and dot of over 16 yards. He played almost every snap while the game was in question. Again, he's still a wide receiver three here because that offense just doesn't lend itself to a lot of explosive passing games or anything like that. But I still think that Beckham is a guy who you can start and start pretty confidently going forward. Marvin Jones also continues to move up from wide receiver 38 to wide receiver 34. He leads the Jaguars in snaps and routes run for receivers. He's got 28 targets through three games. He's just the safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence. Remember, he has always had a nose for the end zone. He's like a 9-10 touchdown guy every year he's healthy. So he's already got two. He's a pretty reliable wide receiver three in my mind. Other risers include Christian Kirk, who moved from wide receiver 61 to wide receiver 50. He has caught 15 of his 17 targets for 239 yards this year. That offense can probably support four wide receivers if necessary, but I think Kirk falls into more of the wide receiver three in that offense, in which case he's at least rosterable, if not startable, each and every week. Again, his snaps and targets should mean that his production is largely sustainable, albeit, again, we're talking borderline flex play here. Another guy moving up is Hunter Renfro from wide receiver 71 to wide receiver 54. His targets per game, 9-7-6. His catches per game, 6-5-5. His yards per game, 70-57-77. That is an incredibly reliable wide receiver in what is looking like a really explosive offense. So I don't mind adding Renfro for your bench for sure. Finally, Emmanuel Sanders moves from wide receiver 47 to wide receiver 35. I have talked about him ad nauseum. I'm not going to do so here other than if he is available on your waiver wire, please pick him up. Some wide receivers falling include a lot of guys who have injury concerns like 
A.J. Brown, who falls from wide receiver 11 to wide receiver 20. T. Higgins falling from wide receiver 21 to wide receiver 33. But there are also some performance movers, including Allen Robinson, who went from wide receiver 9 to wide receiver 20. Even 20 feels a little too high as I look at it. He does have a history, however, of succeeding with bad quarterback play against Detroit and Las Vegas in the next two. So before I entirely jump off the ship, I do want to see what happens when he gets some softer matchups here. Devontae Smith also falls from wide receiver 28 to wide receiver 36. Since his solid week one, he's got 13 targets, just five catches, 44 yards. I have no idea what the Eagles are doing on offense, but they certainly do not look like a cohesive unit at this point. Until I see more out of Jalen Hurts as a passer, I'd just prefer others. Final faller here is Calvin Ridley from wide receiver 6 to wide receiver 11. Again, I mentioned on the other podcast that I did with Joe, I'd still buy low a bit. He's still getting the vast majority of air yards in that offense, but that is not much. Matt Ryan has 2.9 air yards per attempt this year. That is abysmal, but the targets will eventually outweigh almost everything else, even if it's not quite what we expect. So I'm still buying him as a very low end wide receiver one. Very quickly, let's talk about some tight end and quarterback risers. They include Tyler Conklin, who moves from tight end 23 to tight end 14, and Dawson Knox, who moves from tight end 25 to tight end 16. Again, these guys are mostly streaming options, but with Conklin, look, there's room for another body in that offense other than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. It may be KJ Osborne, but it may be Conklin, who's looked pretty good so far this year and is coming off a nice game. So he's worth putting on your radar, as is Knox, who, again, two touchdowns, four targets per game, That's worth paying attention to in a Bills offense. As Pat Fitzmaurice would say, he's not just a catch-and-fall-down tight end. He has yards after the catch, and that's worth something at the position. With quarterbacks, the only notable riser is Matthew Stafford, who moves from quarterback 11 to quarterback 8. He is averaging 314 passing yards and three touchdowns per game. He just looks incredible, a perfect fit for the offense, basically the optimal point at which we could have projected him to be. And so I have moved him now ahead of guys like Hertz and guys like Tannehill, because I just feel a little more comfortable with him. As for Fuller's at tight end, it's just John Smith, who continues to slide. He slid last week from 12 to 14, now 14 to 19. He's got not really getting the volume. He did see six targets, but caught just one of them. Mac Jones does not look really ready to have anything going in that offense. They're going to continue to play conservative, and Smith himself hasn't played well. So he's just not a guy who's on my radar at this point. And a quarterback, it is Jalen Hurts. Again, I like Hurts. I like the rushing floor. You guys know that. But he falls from QB9 to QB11. And really, it's just the way the offense looks right now. In the first game that they played against the Falcons, they had a lot of, you know, RPO, design runs for him, open up space. They just really haven't done that here against San Francisco or Dallas. So I'm a little concerned about what I'm seeing. Still starting him as a QB1, but he is a little bit of a faller. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. Again, they're doing a drawing today, so hurry up as soon as you listen to this. Go and get your entry in, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. That's it for today, guys. I will talk to you again tomorrow morning.